recorded live in the Phantasmo Lounge, high atop the James Westmoreland Building in beautiful Midtown Portsmouth, Virginia. It's Phantasmo After Dark, with your host, Rob Floyd, and co-host, Phyllis Floyd. Tonight's topic, The Undertaker and His Pals. Well, hey everybody, welcome back to the old podcast here. Hey, Phyllis. Hey, Rob. Oh boy, The Undertaker and His Pals, huh? Oh my. That's what we're going to talk about. Yeah, why do we want to do this? Somebody had to, damn it. <laughs> but, you know, hey, before we get into that, i got to um, mention a few things. If you're going to be in the area here in southeast Virginia sometime in October, there's a lot of cool stuff going on, coming up, and it's going to be here before you know it. First and foremost is Monster Fest, the one-day horror convention gathering that we put on. It was a Saturday, October 6th, right? Yep. Yeah. <laughs> Did I you should forget? know that by now. <laughs> it's a free event, kicks off the holiday season here, and uh, the Halloween season, I guess I should say, here in Hampton Roads or Southeast Virginia or Tidewater, Virginia, or whatever they're calling it these days. It's free, like I said, and we've got horror hosts coming from all over. We've got Dr. Madblood, we've got Mr. Lobo, we've got Dr. Sarcophagi, we've got Bobby Gammonster, we've got Miss Penny Dreadful coming back. And there's a costume contest and all kinds of cool stuff, over 60 tables of vendors with horror-related merchandise. It's going to be really cool. You should check it out. And if you're so inclined to go to a movie theater in October, the narrow expanded cinema is showing on October 5th, Monster Squad. October 6th, The Shining. October 12th, The Exorcist. October 20th, The Texas Chainsaw Massacre is a late show. And October 21st, The Howling is a late show. Actually, I think that's wrong. I think it's Friday is October 19th. And Saturday is October 20th. I have to double check that. Anyway, it's that weekend. And it's going to be late shows. But hey, on Saturday, October 13th, at the Narrow, live, our burlesque sideshow spooktacular. Yeah, live horror-themed burlesque show. You don't want to miss that. Check it out. I'll be posting those events on Facebook. There will be already posted on Facebook, probably, some somewhere. Check the Narrow's website. Get the times. Go see those shows. The more you go to see, the more they'll do. So there's my uh, public service announcement for tonight. <laughs> uh, shall we get on with this? I suppose we have to. <laughs> you know, it's it, this is one of those bad movies that uh, it's bad, but it's kind of fun. It's a little surprising, I think, at how fun it actually is. Sometimes. Well, I mean, it, it's not it's not a you know drop down drag out comedy by any stretch of the imagination. No, I mean it's one of those movies that I've got to be in the mood for it and. I, I have been in the mood for it in the past. I don't yeah. think I was in the mood for it when we watched it tonight because I was really <laughs> tired and it felt like the longest hour and 10 minutes or whatever it that I've ever experienced. Yeah. It Well, you know, and I was the exact opposite with me. I was really tired too. Mm-hmm. Still am really tired from today, but it didn't seem to drag on to me. And the parts that I knew were funny and it, and I was waiting for them to come up. We're still funny. They were still funny. Don't get me you wrong. Know? I just, there were parts And there were other little things retiring. that were funnier to me this time than there were the, the first yeah. time, you know. And uh, the running time, that's a that's a, a thing that I need to mention. Because it's listed, I think, uh, it's 70 minutes somewhere. On the oh, little extras, extras on, there, yeah. on the DVD, it says it's 70 minutes. The actual running time is 63 minutes. And the reason is, on its first release in theaters... Allegedly, it was banned. Some theaters banned it because it was too much of a gross out. 
And what it had is they had insert into the gore scenes, which isn't that isn't that much. There's only that one really when we're just digging into the torso. Um, they inserted scenes from surgical training films oh. of actual 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 surgery. autopsy yeah. type stuff and surgery stuff. And you know, so they edited that out and then re released it. So it cut out about ten minutes or so. Gotcha. Uh, supposedly there's not unedited print available anywhere. Supposedly. Not that it makes any difference in the <laughs> in the movie at all. If you're a Herschel Gordon Lewis fan, this does have that kind of feel to it. It's made along the same time as most of his, you know, well known films and, and it has that kind of it look about it, feel to it, the way it's made, the way it sounds, <laughs> the quality of acting in it. And you do see a couple of familiar faces. The guy that's playing The Undertaker, uh, Ray Dennis, I think his name is, he was in The Corpse Grinders. Okay. And the, fir- the two mourners you see at the beginning, the husband. The parents. Yeah, the parents of the mm-hmm. girl. The husband is in The Corpse Grinders also. He plays gotcha. the re- retarded janitor guy in that. Mm. So, you know, there's a little crossover there. The thing about this is a little different than Herschel Gordon's stuff is it's funnier where in some of his stuff where it's supposed to be funny, it's kind of like, you know, it's supposed to be funny, but it's kind of, eh, you know, right. And the stuff in this is a, even the stuff that's firmly tongue in cheek. It's still kind of a little funny, you know? <laughs> and I think cause the movie itself doesn't take itself that seriously. No, you can tell it really doesn't. I mean, the very beginning I had forgotten about the very first kill and the, the photo <laughs> thing. So yeah. that was, that was funny again. Yeah. For me, because I had completely forgotten about it. Yeah. But the beginning of the movie, it starts out in like a sepia tone, black yeah, kind and white. Of a, either a black and white or a sepia tone when they're riding the motorcycles around. Yeah, before they get to the, and, the first well, kill. Well, the, yeah, they break in the apartment and they kill the girl. And when she falls away from them and you see the blood, that's when the movie changes to color. Right. And it's in blood-curdling color, is right. I think one of the taglines <laughs> on the movie poster. Yeah, but the funny thing about it is, well, the whole scene is funny to me because it's just a weird... <laughs> The kill is weird. The way they break in is the whole thing is weird, but whatever. Yeah. But the funny thing about it is there's a, this lady is, is in her apartment and you see a picture of her boyfriend beside, like on the table beside the couch. And then when she gets stabbed the first time. He's got a bland time, look on his face. Yeah, just whatever, yeah. you know, normal picture. And the first time she gets stabbed, it flashes over to the picture of the boyfriend and he's like all in Shocked. shock and all like. <laughs> Like, oh, my God, she's getting killed. And then, you know, she gets stabbed again. And then the, the next time it looking flashes down on over, the floor at he's her. looking down at the floor with his hand over his head. <laughs> so every time something happens to her, he's like like he's watching it through yeah. the picture. So right off the funny. bat, they let you know, like kind of winking at you that, OK, yeah. we're not taking this too seriously. This isn't going to be a, uh, you know, splatter fest, gore fest so much as it's going to be kind of we're all in on the joke. Yeah. The only time it goes over the top with that, I think, is um, the first time they go into the diner, and into the greasy spoon. The greasy spoon. Very is the original name. Of the name. Diner. Yeah. What's that greasy spoon called? The greasy spoon. Oh, okay. And the lady that got killed is Sally Lamb. So up on the <laughs> up on the board for specials of the day, it's leg of lamb. Well, they cut her leg off. They took the leg with her. Yeah, and that's um, what they cooked up yeah. to serve to the the and people. They keep kind of repeating that to yeah leg of lamb is that you know it's it, he all but you know beats the guy over the head to tell him the joke you know right and well, we so, get it we get it we watched it so yeah. yeah the basic the basic plot is is what these three guys yeah what's sweeney todd 
Yeah, it's Sweeney Todd. There you go. You know, Only except, without the without the revenge plot. Really. Yeah, and it's it's set in a uh, swinging sixties Middle America. Yeah. <laughs> so anyway, they're uh, yeah, serving up the people. Yeah. Was the two guys from the diner have made a deal? They're apparently they're motorcycle dudes. Yeah. And they've made a deal with the local undertaker who also has a motorcycle. They'll kill people for food for their restaurant, but they'll only take part of the person. They'll give him the bulk of the body or, you know, clue him into on onto it so he can make profit bearing the body. Right. He's like an ambulance chaser, except he's a corpse chaser. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, the guy, Ray Dan, is playing it to perfect campy effeat. Uh, Lord, he's horrible. Yeah, he's just, oh, he's not over the top. Almost. But he's pretty close. Yeah. <laughs> he's right he's, on the edge there. He is a terrible, terrible undertaker guy, though. Yeah. The uh, Spike is the, I guess, the waiter at the Greasy Spoon. And Doc is the cook who's studying to be a doctor by reading a bunch of books. Yeah. And he operates on the corpses. Uh, I love how he washes up and then dries his hands on that dirty towel and then goes to oh, operate. Yeah. Yeah. That's right. Uses a pair of gloves that were just laying around on the yeah. table. That was great. Now, let's talk about some of the other actors in, in this um, Harry Glass, the, our hard-boiled detective. He's all right. Yeah. He actually went on to do a lot. Did he? Yeah, he did a lot of stuff Anything throughout the 60s. Uh, every t- every TV show in the 60s. Oh, okay. Yeah, no major... F- Lots of TV stuff. Yeah, no major film stuff. Maybe it might have been one or two, you know, mm. but a lot of TV stuff. The first secretary, uh, Miss Poultry. <laughs> <laughs> like chicken? Yeah, like breast of chicken is a special today. She did a lot of TV stuff, too. I think even, I don't know if it was The Detective or if it was The Undertaker, but one of them even did a um, a T.J. Hooker. So it was still working up until the, you know, through the 80s. Hmm. <laughs> Which, you know, isn't really saying much, but, you know. Now, the effects in this, what there are, isn't much. Uh, you get that one shot when he cuts open the girl and it looks like it's actual reaching into intestines and stuff or, or pancreas or something. <laughs> and the rest of it is just blood, I think, splattered. Like when they beat the girl with the chain and she's just got her hands up over her face with blood all over her face. Like she put the blood up there with her hands, you know? Right. So it's it's a gore fest with not much gore. Mm-hmm. The bikers have kind of a cool look, though, you know, with the leather jackets and the white helmets and the goggles and the bandita, uh, bandana masks. Yeah, they almost remind me of the, um, was it Psychomania? Yeah, well, a little bit, except just their helmets are cooler. <laughs> but yeah, but I mean, it's just kind of yeah, that look. Yeah, well, they've got the cross, skull and crossbones patch on their jacket, which yeah. somehow one gets ripped off. Yeah, well, you know, when they're at the second kill. Even the most unobservant of police officers should have been able to figure <laughs> out this one. You know, you get the the whole patch gets left behind. Not even just a portion of it, the no, entire the entire patch. logo. But you and know. then later, his entire freaking license well, plate they falls get, off. That's how they catch him. Well, I know, but you know, yeah, and, go figure. Uh, how about that license plate? How how it got? Oh my god, that woman! <laughs> they go into it looks like some health spa or something. Yeah, at night, and they get they get this one woman or cut her up or get part of whatever, and the other women come back as they're leaving and see her, and one of them somehow has a gun. And she starts shooting at the window at the motorcycles. And I guess she, as she hits the undertaker, grazes his neck or something. Right. We find that later. But she shoots his license plate off his bike. Yeah. It just it happens to hit the license plate. Yeah. She's not a great shot. No, but, but the way she's shooting. is hilarious. 
every she's time gyrating. she fires, <laughs> like she's, she's like doing to, a pelvic thrust. Like she's trying to hump the bullet out of it's the gun. It's great. <laughs> <laughs> that is must-see TV right there. It was great. Well, the first time she did it, I was like, no, she didn't really do that. And then they showed it again two more times. I was like, oh, I guess she really did do that. Yeah, she's <laughs> okay. like bumping and grinding the bullet out of there. It was great. Like it's a sexy bullet, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Whatever does it for you. Oh yeah, and you know you you, you think he if he's going out and committing murders he wouldn't be running his personal bike with his registered license plate. <laughs> well, this is the same guy who's you know having this long contract with no pricing on it and having people sign it. You well, know. that's just good this, business. This, well, this guy is just you know he's not the smartest. <laughs> I love that one bit where he just says a right dick where he says they're complaining about the price, the couple, and he says, well, you know, you try sewing uh, plastic legs on a corpse, and that's why I had to raise the price. That cost money, and the the husband's starting to faint. And says, you know, maybe I could have given you the, uh, was it the children's coffin or the half price coffin or something because yeah. it's half the size. Half the size. Oh, that was horrible. And he's serious. He's just, he's, he's oh, just he's going, totally serious. well, I could save you money by doing this, but that, blah, 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 blah. <laughs> well, I love the, the mom is still standing there grieving over her daughter and he, yeah. he pulls the dad aside while the mom's crying over her baby. Well, you know, her young woman or yeah. her daughter. And, um, he says, I find that this is a good time to to give you my bill. It helps in the grieving process. <laughs> grief therapy. Grief therapy. Makes you forget about the, your grieving. Yeah. <laughs> oh, it was terrible. Man. Oh, somebody else that was in the cast though. This popped up. Um, and I think he was playing. I forgot to look at this when we were watching it, but I think he's like the tall cop you see briefly. Uh, Robert Lowry. Hmm. Okay. He was Batman in the nineteen forty five Batman and Robin serial. Oh right. You said that earlier. To yeah. Me, not on, on Yeah, that's kinda cool. Yeah. You know, it's a shame he had to be in this, but you know, it's kinda cool. <laughs> that being said, he's the only person of real note that's in the movie. <laughs> There's nobody else. The, the other two people, like I said, who did a lot of other stuff, but you know, nobody you really remember. Right. I was trying to think of anybody else. No, that's it, really. That's all. The two faces you see in like you know, the corpse grinders. Mm-hmm. And Robert Lowry. That's right. about it. <laughs> I mean, if you're into this kind of stuff, they don't show up in anything else. Yeah. So the lady who played Friday, I assume it was the same lady also who played, played Thursday. Thursday. Yeah. They weren't actually twins. I don't know. Did she do anything else ever? I don't know if she did She or looked not. vaguely familiar, but she yeah. just kind of had that look mm-hmm. from that, that era. So it could have just been that she has that look. So I'm not sure who she was. Yeah, that I'll have to look up. Okay, now cast aside, though, <laughs> I think we really have to talk about it about this movie that is that glaring, uh, <laughs> that hits you like a brick is the passage of time. How it, you're not sure when it passes, <laughs> how it passes, what time it is. It starts off the the one scene, especially where they're going to, I think, going to his beach house, leaving the. I guess it's like supposed to be. Still daytime or early, you know, dusk. Mm-hmm. It's daylight when they leave. And when they get there, it's dark. Or then it's daylight again or something. And she says it's 4 a.m. They better get to sleep. And then it cuts to, you know, them waking up and go, leaving again. But as they're leaving, it's daylight. Some For some reason, the motorcyclists followed them. And they slept, they're on the beach. But it's still, when it cuts back to the motorcyclists, it's still like dusk. 
or it's early, early, earlier morning than when they're leaving before the motorcycles do. <laughs> and that happens a couple other times too. You're not really sure what time it is. Yeah, it's it's very because it flip flops. Uh, you, I guess you could play a drinking game every time that it, you know, <laughs> the time changes in the same scene. <laughs> and yeah, and this is let me go back in the same scene, the time changes. It's not like the scene goes on, you know, and and the time passes. No, and also <laughs> another thing too is that just about everybody dies. If you go back and think about it, all the characters that were introduced to almost all of them die. And if you look on IMDb, like look on the cast list, mm-hmm. only two or three of them had actually had names, or th- maybe four of them had names. The rest of them don't have names and aren't referred to by na- any name. Well, most of the the main characters had names. I mean, there was Thursday and Friday, yeah, and Miss Poultry, Harry Glass, Harry Glass, Spike and Doc, yep, and the and Undertaker. He Mort. did have a name, Mort. Mort yeah. But the rest of them, you never hear, like the police lieutenant or captain he keeps talking to, he never calls him by name. Okay. He doesn't have a name. Right. None of the other characters, not e- not even like mourners or dude number two, you know, nothing. They, nothing. Well, the, the first chick that got killed was something Lamb. Yeah, Her Sally last Lamb. Name was La- Sally Lamb. Yeah. Uh, and also, it, it's kind of like a play. They come out to take a final bow when it's over. Yeah, this this, uh, this was kind of at the beginning. There's no credits. I don't know if you remember. There's no yeah, credits. Yeah, just starts right in with them. Starts right in on the motorcycle, going to a phone booth. And at the end, after it ends, then it it shows them like coming up out of a coffin and waving to the camera. It, but it doesn't say their name. I don't think. No, it doesn't. It's just like everybody gets a reprise, you know. Yeah. And every even the um, I don't want to spoil that one, but they so a couple of them. It's where they die. They come back. Some of them, they're just in a coffin or you just an, another separate scene and they wave to the camera. And then it goes, it fades to black, comes back up with the credits. It rolls the credits after that. Right. And you have The Undertaker and His Pals by, oh, the director's name was TLP Swicegood. I'm sure that's his real name. <laughs> and he, Do we have any clue what the TLP is supposed I to be? I have no for? idea. And, you know, look them up. He only d- directed three things. Okay. This. Uh-huh. Another movie called Escape from Hell Island, which okay. I've got to see now. Yeah. And an episode of The Untouchables. What the hell? Did you look to see if there was an alias for this person? Yeah, there's not. There's no alias listed. I didn't see it. I'd have to look again, but I swear I didn't see it. That's really weird. TLP Swicegood. Because you know, I think in the back of my head, I kind of assumed it was a Herschel Gordon-Lewis film all these years. <laughs> Just because it seems similar. Yeah, wait. Well, I mean, even before you know, before I saw it, and this is one of those where the trailer—I don't want to say the trailer is misleading, mm-hmm. but I think you're you're expecting something a little different than what you get by the trailer. Even though in the trailer it has that one, it shows the one of the switches from the picture at the beginning. Yeah, and I remember seeing the trailer for this over the years and going, "Okay, that's odd." It didn't hit me that it was really funny. I think it was. In the trailer, it wasn't funny. In the movie, it's funny. Right. You know? Yeah. It's just in the trailer, it's kind of odd because the whole rest of the trailer, there's nothing like that in it to lead you to believe that it's going to be kind of a dark comedy. Yeah. There's that one scene, <laughs> that one scene where the Undertaker is ambulance chasing the first, uh, well, the second kill, the Miss Poultry, and he's trying to get the detective to sign the contract and he won't sign it. Until he puts down the exact amount that the guy tells him, so there's no upcharges. And then the Undertaker turns to walk away and steps on that skateboard. 
and that goofy music, funny music was just playing. And he's on one footing on the skateboard, going oh, down the sidewalk and falls in the street. It's like, what? Yeah. <laughs> I mean, I guess it kind of fits what with the way the rest on? of the movie goes, but mm-hmm. it's just kind of, that's one of the scenes that's just kind of weird. But, and I can't say it's out of place and I can't say the movie, it, the movie wouldn't suffer without it because it just kind of fits in there. I mean, it doesn't need to be in there, but it's with the way the rest of the movie goes is why not? Right. You know, right. It, you can definitely, you know, label it as a horror movie, I guess, because it oh, involves I mean, it's kills there's and there's some, cannibalism, a little bit of blood and gore. There's yeah, cannibalism. You know, and it's uh, definitely one that you want to, you probably won't enjoy it as much sitting there watching it by yourself as you will in a room full of people. Right. I know we showed this at Phantasmo a few years ago, and it went over big. Oh yeah, everybody had a blast. Everybody, had, it went over better than I thought it was going to go over with a crowd. Yeah. You know, I'd love to show it again sometime with a crowd. And we did, actually, we did it again that when we hosted that Halloween party. Halloween yeah. burlesque show party at the venue that that time. Yeah. And it went over okay, but we didn't have as it much. Was a, a, smaller, it was a smaller, it was a smaller crowd. Yeah. And they were there mainly to see the burlesque girls. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> but it was still fun. But at Phantasm, where everybody was there to see the movie and ripping on it the whole time, that was a blast. Uh, I'm almost surprised this doesn't have. You don't hear about this more in the same breath as you do a lot of the other films. Oh, I guess maybe because it is a comedy. I've heard about this for a long time. Yeah, but you don't hear about it in the same breath as you do the Herschel Gordon stuff, like oh, Wizard okay. of Gore and and Color Me Blood Red and mm-hmm. you know stuff like that. Yeah. Well, I know this one was on the. You're right. You don't. But this one was on the request list for a lot of years mm. before we finally showed it at, at Phantasmo. So people were asking for it for a long time. Yeah. Yeah, and I think it's on the. No, it's not on. I was just trying to figure out which trailer disc it's on that I've got. It's on the um, Mad Ron's previews from Hell. That's the first place I saw right. the trailer years ago, like yeah. back in the eighties. Is when I first saw it, and I think I didn't actually get to see the movie until um, either the late nineties, or early two thousands, really. To be honest, and it's well worth the wait, though. <laughs> it is. I just have to be in the right mindset. Well, it yeah. is it is fun. Like I said going into this, it was a fun. Yeah. It's funny. It's fun to watch. If, um, if I was like, just tired, yeah. so it if was If you like that you know, type of stuff, like the Herschel Gordon stuff, yeah, and yeah. the 60s swinging 60s kind of stuff, very very low budget stuff, and you're in the mood for a bad movie and it's, it's kind of fun. Yeah. You know, you want a little laugh. Uh definitely check it out. And like I said, you watch it in a room full of people instead of by yourself. Uh oh, the uh, here the tagline Oh, that right. You wanted me to remember is... Yes. <laughs> the tagline, I guess this was in a lot of the advertising for it, it was a macabre story of two motorcycle-riding, knife-wielding, shiv-shaving, eye-gouging, arm-twisting, chainsaw-crashing, scalpel-flashing, acid-throwing, gun-shooting, bone-breaking, pathological nuts, and their pal, The Undertaker. <laughs> Who the hell comes up with the tagline uh, so you long know, you can't even remember That's it. a whole commercial right there. It is. Now, this... And and I might add that it's not even accurate because some of that shit didn't happen. <laughs> okay, it was there a... was no acid throwing. It was acid dipping. <laughs> That's semantics. Okay, <laughs> was there something about a chainsaw in that tagline? Chain crashing. Chain crashing. Okay, that was true. There was crashing of chains. Yeah, I'm not sure about the shiv shaving. Shiv shaving. Unless they're talking about the scalpel, maybe they were just. Uh, could be. Could be because shiv scalpel. is like a little knife. Yeah. You know? Yeah. Oh, the rest of it's pretty much pretty true. The rest of it's accurate, I suppose. <laughs> this was released 
Uh, and I'll post pictures of some of the posters. The release posters of this were great. It was released on the same bill with, I think, the Corpse Grinders. Mm-hmm. And then the movie called The Embalmer, which I haven't seen. A triple bill. Mm-hmm. Uh, I believe it was released on, as a double bill also, but a lot of times it was released as a triple bill with those two. And those posters are great. They don't make posters like that anymore. Of course, you don't get double features anymore either, which is a damn shame. Oh, I'm going to get a quadruple feature uh, this coming weekend. Actually, it'll be last weekend when this airs, probably. <laughs> yeah, it'll yeah. have just ended by the time this gets So up. I had a great time at the drive-in of Vandergrift <laughs> this past weekend. <laughs> You'll have to give us a full report on our next podcast. Uh, you know, actually, we'll do that. I'll give a, I'll give a pretty good report because I don't think I've done that yet. I don't. Maybe I have. I, I think don't you, remember. you have. Yeah, you have. But what it was, or what it is, I'll talk in present past tense. Um, this is going <laughs> to confuse perfect everybody. Sense to everybody. This is going to air after I went to the drive-in, but I'm recording it. We're recording it before I go, <laughs> so Phyllis can edit it while I'm gone. <laughs> it's the magic of time travel. Yeah, folks. Tony and I are going up to Vandergriff, Pennsylvania, to the Riverside Drive-in once more every September and every. April, I think, they do a quadruple feature two nights in a row, Friday and Saturday, of classic horror films. And usually it's, I mean, it's old stuff. It's some none, nothing after 80, I usually, I don't think. Yeah, what's it called? Um, The Super Drive-In Monsterama. <laughs> and it. it is awesome. It's such a good time. If you get a chance to go the next time they do this, I can't stress how good a time it is. I think we've, since we discovered this a few years ago, we've only missed, we usually go to the September one because April is just, it's too hard to get to for us. And I think we've only missed one or two just because the lineup wasn't that great or was only like one film that we really wanted to see to drive six hours for, you know? But the experience alone is worth it. It's this drive in the middle of nowhere in this little mountain area, town. There's a bowling alley right beside it, though. And it's weird because if you blink, you'll drive right by it, the way it's situated. But when you pull in, it's an old drive-in with a huge screen. And no matter where you park, nobody in front of you is going to be in your way. I mean, we set up a canopy over top, you know, where we're sitting for rain and stuff. It, you know, usually does. And the people right behind us, I mean, because the screen is up, it's not in their way. You know, and everybody is like that. It's a good time. You can camp there if you don't want to get a hotel. Because I think the nearest hotel is about 40 minutes away. Yeah. Where we and we usually stay there in Monroeville, which is home of the Monroeville Mall, where Dawn of the Dead was filmed, and most of it is still kind of recognizable. But this drive-in, the snack, you know, they have of course the traditional snack bar and the great drive-in food and creepy classics. Ron Adams' creepy classics they set up in the in the concession area there, and they've got DVDs and T-shirts and. Uh, models and monster toys and magazines and everything. So, so it's a, it's just an all-encompassing experience. You know, you get all this monster goodness in one setting. Of course, they show trailers in between stuff, and you get a cartoon and maybe a Three Stooges short somewhere in between, and then you never who's, know, know who's going to show up. We've been there a couple times. We were there, and Tom Savini was there, just a couple cars down from us. You know, he lives in... Pittsburgh, so why not? Why wouldn't he go? You know, he's a classic horror fan. But of course. And one time we went, and I'm standing in line getting something to eat, and I, this taller, older guy in a stocking cap beside me is ordering some hot dogs with a British accent. And I look up, and it was Doug Bradley, Pinhead. <laughs> I'm like, what the hell? I mean, was he visiting Savini? Does he live around there? What? I don't know. Pinhead wanted some hot dogs. Yeah. 
but that was just it was bizarre but it was really cool he was coming to watch the movies you know that's awesome can't stress it enough i wish this was out before so i could plug it more but you know you can plan for next year well, check out the super drive-in monsterama you'll have to put up a uh, advertisement for it on the phantasm after dark page before you go yeah maybe i'll do that everybody listening tonight. to this will be like why are they talking about this now because it's after the fact but <laughs> anyway it's a time warp indeed it's messing with your head yeah we like doing that why not? Everybody, you know, the world's done it to me. But <laughs> <laughs> no, I'm not bitter about that kind of stuff. But this movie, The Undertaker and His Pals, yeah, I think I need to get a t-shirt with this poster on it. It's a, it's kind of a cool poster. Yeah. Not a great poster, but it's kind of cool. Well, make one. Well, I could. I could. It's a lot easier to buy one. <laughs> Go for it. I, you know, I, I don't know. I can't think of much else to say about this. And, you know, why would you? Uh, <laughs> well, except that every time you see the the odd things about it every time you, just about every time I think you see the bikers riding it's in that black and white or sepia tone yeah A- after the first one especially until they get to where they're going to do the kill then it, sw- it switches back to color yeah it's color every time in that the music in this thing is is interesting it is all over the place it, it is it's all you got that goofy music when he's on the skateboard you've got the, that oh that great song I cut in I cut up, I cut out. <laughs> it's a haunting tune. It's a great, almost <laughs> a so. almost a rockabilly kind of tune. And I have this separately on a, on a disc somewhere <laughs> of, of drive-in <laughs> stuff. And it's weird because I had the disc for the longest time before I saw the movie. And I, you know, I was grooving on the song. I didn't know the song was in this movie. And then oh. we're watching the movie. I'm like, that's the song. <laughs> and now you know. And when they're in the funeral parlor... There is a funeral organ, slow version of that song playing. <laughs> See, I like stuff like that. Yeah, that's awesome. It's, oh, it's it's fantastic. There's a song in the trailer. The um, oh, what is it? It's kind of like a kids' nursery rhyme kind of song. Oh, okay. And that's in the trailer, and it's I think it's right at the beginning after the first kill. I think it's in the movie here. I can't remember. I don't know. I'll post the trailer. It'll be on that. Probably but you've got that. You've got that. You've got the rockabilly song, and you've got that goofy music. All kinds of weird music. So, yeah, that's all over the place, but it kind of sets the mood a little bit, you know. And there's some kind of swinging 60s music. I mean, it kind of fits in most of the places when it's weird because the movie itself is just kind of out there, you know, because it doesn't take itself seriously. So, oh, and then it's music doesn't either, you know. And this might be the first time this ever happened, but every horror movie after this has this, this bit where the girl is running, sprinting up the steps, and the undertaker is. Walking slow, and his music is different when it switches to him. Yeah, it's like dun 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 dun. dun. I heard this dun 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 when she's running. Yeah. But in my head, I'm hearing the Benny Hill music when she's running. Anyway, yeah, it's close. Yeah, it's like that. But when it shows them, you know, a long shot, where they're like close together. Yeah, like she's moving fast, and he's like dun, moving real slow, like like Michael Myers, like for, like Jason. <laughs> they're walking. Everybody else is running, and they're catching up to him. Yeah. I think this was where that came from. The first, the first time was in this movie. <laughs> well, I don't know if it's where it came from, but it's certainly effective yeah, here. Well, I mean, this was 1966 when this came out, well, so there, there could have been something before it. I don't know, but uh, yeah. whatever. It's it's. I'm in there. going with this was the trendsetter. Whatever you say, <laughs> <laughs> this is the trendsetter. I'm sure everyone watched this movie and thought we have to do that. Probably so. <laughs> yeah, I think this thing is um, still still available. The copy I've got is a double disc with another one of my favorite movies of this ilk. 
uh, children shouldn't play with dead things, which there's a combo right there. Yeah. I mean, that is a night's entertainment, right? If you're going to pick a double feature, I would definitely, those would be at the top of my list. <laughs> those two together. <laughs> Put them together. <laughs> but let's, uh, okay. The Magic Oracle says that it is available on DVD. Oh, this is gorgeous. You can get it at seven ninety nine. Well, there Amazon you go. Prime, you could get it by the weekend if you ordered it. Well, you get before the weekend if you order it while you're listening to this. But if you order it while we're recording this, you could get it <laughs> by, <laughs> before. <laughs> Again with the time warp. By the weekend. Uh, it's also available on a, a drive-in double feature, The Undertaker and His Pals and Carnival of Blood. Oh. Which I believe Carnival of Blood, is that a Herschel Gordon or not? I don't know. That's I have that on a something weird disc, hmm. and that has uh, Pauly from uh, Rocky in it, Burt Young. Oh, nice. Where I was going, we were playing that movie game the other night mm-hmm. or the last weekend with those folks, and I was like, they said Burt Young. I'm like, I, no, y'all won't know that film. <laughs> <laughs> it looks like that's available a couple a couple different. It's on a Grindhouse collection, uh, a box set, and then oh, and the copy that I've got is available for twelve. That's an odd price. But I think I would probably go with the newer release on the by itself. It's probably better quality. Uh, Oh, you know, hey, under $10. Amazon Prime free shipping. That's worth it right there. Right on. You know? Yep. I mean, do yourself a favor. Go ahead and get that right now. Put that on Halloween. You have some people over. You'll have a ball. It'll be well worth it. Anything else? The only thing I can think of is how are you going to relate this uh, to Planet of the Apes? Oh, <laughs> yeah, I don't think we did. did. we do this last time? Uh, no, we I did not we do this last, last time. time. Okay, well, real quick, since we didn't do it last time, i got to explain it in case this is my first timer. Okay, go fast. We do this game every now and again, again that Clayton and I discovered many years ago that the world revolves around Planet of the Apes. Long before the Kevin Bacon game, the Six Degrees of Kevin Bacon, we discovered that you can connect anything back to Planet of the Apes, no matter what it is, how obscure. So we try to do this in most, at the end of most episodes here. Phyllis will throw me something from the movie we're talking about, and I'll connect it back to Planet of the Apes. So I'm spacing right now on his name, but what is, uh, what's Mort's? Um, oh, The Undertaker? Yeah, what's The Undertaker's name? Okay, well, that's a good one, because he's probably one of the few that, uh, that have done anything else much. Um, well, there you go. I was I Well, was except they, I mean, they did, other people did a lot of TV. But we'll take, okay, we'll take The Undertaker. Ray Dennis, I think. That's it. Okay, he has done Precious Little, <laughs> but he did do another movie uh, I found out a little while back. In addition to the, uh, the Corpse Grinders, he had a part in The Black Klansman. Okay. I have no idea what that is, but I'll go with it. It was uh, the 70s, I think. Okay. Kind of like there's a movie coming out right now called something like that. Hmm. Anyway, but this one was done first, The Black Klansman. Max Julian was in that. Max Julian, mm-hmm. who was the title character in The Mac. Okay, follow me. Okay. Okay. Carol Speed was in The Mac. Carol Speed was in everything in the 70s. One of the things she was in was The Big Bird Cage with, no, not Pam Greer. No, not Sid Haig. That'd be too easy. I actually knew those two. I'm very proud. Mm-hmm. But Anitra Ford. I could have I could have gone to Pam Greer and said, "Hey, that would have been that would have been easy." But Anitra Ford. Yeah. Okay. Anitra Ford was in another movie that we talked about on here, Invasion of the Bee Girls, but we're not going that way. <laughs> Anitra Ford was 
because <laughs> I want to go this way, was the villainous, the lead bad guy in the Kathy Lee Crosby Wonder Woman TV movie in the 70s. Oh, my. And the main villain in that was Ricardo Montalban. Uh-huh. Ricardo Montalban was in Conquest of the Planet of the Apes and Escape from the Planet of the Apes. He was Armando. Well, there you have it. So there you go, apes. And however many steps. You were a success. Yeah. <laughs> that was a long Very one. good. Might have been able to cut that shorter, but that was fun, though, it going was fun. that way. Good job. Thank you, thank you, thank you. That's, uh, that's about all for this episode. Be sure to check out the Phantasmo After Dark Facebook page for all the pictures from this movie that I could find and any other cool stuff and definitely the trailer. And uh, drop us a line, you know. Comment on some stuff on there. Let us know you're listening. If you are, if you're not, who the hell am I talking to? Uh, <laughs> or you could drop us a line at the Phantasmo After Dark email, phantasmoad at gmail.com, phantasmoad, all one word, at gmail.com. So that's about it, I guess. Until next time. Thanks for listening. Good night, everybody. Good night. Good night.